Hello, Queen. Before we begin today's episode, I just wanted to tell you something that you may not know. Did you know that you can request an episode? That is right. I hear y'all messaging me on Instagram, sending me emails. I love it so much. So much so that now at thequeenofconfidence.com forward slash podcast, you can actually request an episode. If you want to remain anonymous, you can, or you can be like, nope, shout me out. Thank you very much. We've had some beautiful requests for new episodes. I cannot wait to record these. So if you have been listening and you have a question or you want to go deeper into a topic that I have touched on in my 300 plus episodes, please go to thequeenofconfidence.com, click on podcast, click on request a podcast. You can remain anonymous or you can pop your name there for a little shout out on the episode. I cannot wait. All right, into today's episode. Hola, hola. It's your girl, Erica from America. Welcome to the Confidence Chronicles podcast. This podcast is all about helping you stand in who you are. Stop giving a fuck what people think about you. Start standing as your fully expressed self. As you are, queen, as is, there is no filter needed. You are fucking awesome. And I am here to remind you. I'm a confidence coach, a business mentor, a speaker, an author, and I am obsessed with women standing up, showing up, and creating their confidence. And I cannot wait to dig into today's episode with you. Hello, my darling. Welcome to the podcast. We have a great guest interview today for you. I'm super excited to introduce Jody Harrison Bauer to you. She is a dear friend, someone that I met on Instagram. This is my life. I meet amazing women on Instagram and a gorgeous friend of ours introduced us. And she is just a badass woman. And when I met her, I instantly was like, yep, we are going to love each other. We jumped on a Zoom and it was like I was speaking to an old friend. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Jody. She is a business owner and a two-time world bikini competitor and expert in aging fiercely. What do we say here at the Confidence Chronicles? Age gratefully. Not gracefully, but gratefully. You need to be grateful that your ass gets to age. Anyway, she's best known for being the oldest woman to audition for Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition, and she's made a career of stepping out of the box society put her in. Across all her social channels, including her podcast, Fearlessly authentic, Jody aims to educate, empower, entertain, and inspire others to find their voice, their confidence, and their authentic selves. At 62 years old, many people start to slow down, but Jody is just getting started. Yo, this woman is incredible. And the fact that she is 62 years old, I don't know what you think, but every time I see her on Instagram and every time we jump on a Zoom or we chat, I'm just like, yo, you're like 40, not even. Like, I feel like that's an insult. It's like she's 25 years old. Not only does she look so damn good, like you just look at her and you're like, there's no way. But her energy, her vibe, her vivaciousness for life, her vision and her mission. And in this episode, we talked about a lot. We talked about health and wellness and why it's so hard for us to commit to looking after ourselves and putting ourselves first as women. We talked about aging. We talked about her daughters and how you can raise 
women, daughters, cousins, little nieces, whoever is a female in your life, that you can impact them as we grow up in this crazy world of you need to be skinny and social media and all of this stuff, filters and everything. So Jody is incredible. I've added and linked all her stuff below inside of the show notes. You can follow her and check her out. And if you enjoy this episode, please tag us both on Instagram. We would love to know what you got from this. Without further ado, welcome Jody to the podcast. Jody is in the house. I am so excited that you are here, my friend. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited. I've been waiting so long to be on your show, and I'm so <laughs> grateful to be here today. I'm so excited. You are just magnetic energy. So I love you. anybody in your stratosphere just like lights up. That's how I feel with you. I love you. I love you. And I'm so grateful that I got to be on your podcast. So we are going to link that in the show notes. If you have not listened to that, please go listen to it. That was a great show. Jody, you are like, I want to call you a superwoman, but I know that <laughs> I know that you've moved through so much, learned so much in your years. You are incredible. You are such a beautiful stand for women owning their confidence, showing up raw and real, looking after themselves. And the crazy thing is, and I'm sure you get this all the time, like, can you please tell us how old you are, which is just wild? I turned 62 on December 27th. Okay, everybody yeah. go to her Instagram right now. <laughs> go to her YouTube, go to our channels. Like it blows my mind. Not only physically look, but energy, your confidence, Thanks. your far out woman. You are just like unstoppable. And so I would love if you could just tell everybody listening, where did this start? Where did you start doing what you do? What is it that you do and your passion for health and wellness for women? Well, we have to go way back when, <laughs> back about 40 years ago, honestly, 42 years ago when I was 20 years old and I was in college. I've always been active from the age of two. We won't spend a lot of time there. <laughs> from the age of two, I was very active. I danced until I was 13 years old. And then I was a cheerleader from eighth grade until my senior year. And I cheered for four sports and I did a little bit of gymnastics and then I went to a women's college and I rowed crew for a year. And then after I realized I didn't like rowing crew, and the reason I didn't like rowing crew is because we had to run. I went to school in Boston. And we had to run from, you know, where Beth Israel Hospital is? Yep. Come out to the Harvard Boathouse. Oh so we had to run over the bridge. And I hate running. To this day, I don't run. I'm not a runner. So I went back to my roots of ballet dancing. So the long and short of it during those years is that I was always very active. And at 20, I started lifting weights. And that really was the beginning. At that time, there wasn't any place except for like really, really hardcore weightlifting gyms, like Gold's Gym, if they were even around back then. So there was just a bunch of bodybuilders on steroids. This is 1981. Oh my gosh. I'm talking about. And so I started going into the gym and I was addicted. I loved the feeling of feeling so strong yet staying feminine. So I think that was really my first love was lifting weights. It was something I could do at any time. And it was something that really empowered me. I didn't know how much it empowered me, mind and body, until... Yeah. I started going through some rough times in my marriage. I got married at 24, so 1985, and then I got divorced in 2002 when I was just about 42 years old. 
And I realized that the consistent weightlifting, healthy diet, everybody thought I was crazy in the 90s. Nobody understood. They didn't understand why I was eating every three hours. They didn't understand why I wanted to go to the gym every day. Like, why? Like, none of my friends worked out. But thank God I did all those things because that's what made me strong to Mm. get through a tough time like a divorce. My children were 8 and 12. I am so thankful for that. And it gave me a lot of perspective. I realized, wow, Jody, you can't ever stop doing this. Not that I ever wanted to because of the mental strength it gives you. It's yes, you feel strong in your body, but making that promise to yourself that you're going to go to the gym five times a week four times a week, whatever it is that you promise yourself and you do it, that's how you build confidence. And that's how you get mentally strong. It's that confidence. And that doesn't mean that it didn't wane because when I got divorced, I had no self-confidence. My self-esteem was not to be found, but it was whenever I went back to the gym, that's where I meditated. You know, I never wanted to really sit still to meditate. I don't know if you can do that. Same, (laughs) Right? Yeah. It's hard. I have to keep moving. So, and then from there, it just blew up to something more, which led to me opening up my gym, competing in fitness shows, becoming a two-time world bikini champion at the age of 49 when everybody, everybody told me I was too old. Everybody. My friends were like, this is insane. Why do you want to get on stage in a bikini, in no clothes and in stripper heels? And I said, because I can't. Yeah, fucking can. And (laughs) I did it. And then that gave me the confidence to open up the studio. But I was always training clients. You know, I've been training women for over 33 years. So that's as short of story as I can, because, you know, we have 62 years that we're going over. Yeah. Every time you share that, like, I'm like, what? I feel like you froze at like 38. (laughs) I feel like you're frozen there. It's funny that you said 38, because that was actually my favorite age for a long time because Mm. I was the fittest ever in my life. I had two children by that time. I had them at 28 and 32. And by 35, I was like in an amazing shape. And by 38, I started really building my confidence again, because Mm. as I said, I lost who I was in the marriage. I lost my voice. I really didn't know who I was. So again, at the gym, that's where my private meditation took place. That's where mm. I I prayed. That's where yeah. I felt at peace. That's where I felt the strongest. And I knew nobody could tear me down because they can't take that away from me. Mm. And, you know, even though I lost all my friends in the divorce and then people didn't want to be friends with me when they knew I started competing either because that was just so age inappropriate. That's wow. you're too old. It was age inappropriate. Like, Watch who you are. You should not be wearing sexy clothes. Your hair shouldn't be so long. You shouldn't get a boob job. You shouldn't get a second boob job to have bigger boobs. <laughs> and you're walking around the suburbs like that. Like, yeah, well, my tits are now and it's none of your business. But exactly. it's hard to say that as you're building up your self-confidence. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I love this because we were talking before we started recording and I recently just, I'm 39 and I love this age. I feel 25, but I love this age because I'm like, what the fuck was I doing with my health and wellness? And I'd love for you to speak on this because you've trained women for over 30 years. That's so much experience that you have. And I'm sure you've seen it all. I would love to know, because what I'm seeing right now for myself, same thing you're talking about. It's mind, it's body, soul. It's not, I want to lose five pounds. I want to kill my cellulite, my mommy tummy. That is extra 
But the reason I'm there and the good shit that I'm feeling is my mental health. Like I am, right. I am like so happy and so energized and so fulfilled by lifting weights because my mental health feels good. So it's an outlet for me, like you said, mentally. However, for so many years, I was focused on the physical, lose weight, lose weight, be skinny, be pretty, like the media says. So what are you seeing with women and why do we get stuck in that vanity metric and we miss the other side that fitness has to give us? Well, I hate to sound like an old fuddy-duddy, but I do believe <laughs> it's social media. I mean, you hear about the Alex Earls of the world who are 20 years old and are telling women in their 40s and 50s are listening to this 20-year-old telling them how to wear makeup and how to do things. And it's like, come on, people, you're smarter than that. Nothing against her, no shade on her. She's a 20-year-old who's kicking ass out there. But you have to look at who you are and not other people. And I think, unfortunately, with social media, as we get older, we think about, oh, if I was only that young, if only I was that way. So I think sometimes people get stuck there, and that is why people get stuck in that vanity metric. But I know that when I've trained women for all the years that I did before social media and then with social media, and the women look at so many things, especially the ones in their 30s post-baby, they get so confused. Who am I? Oh, I'm an aging millennial, but mm. not yet really over 40 yet. So I could still look like a 25-year-old or a 28-year-old. So my advice is I pull them back into reality. And really, I ask them what it is that they want. They tell me all these other fluffy things. Once we start working, they start realizing that what they're doing is working on their mental health and that they're getting stronger and their relationships started flourishing or they leave a job or they quit a job or they start a new job or they get divorced or start a relationship. You know, all of that, it builds their confidence. They walk out, they come in in a bad mood. Mm. talking about other people and they leave feeling so much better. So I think that it's sad, but I think social media has something to do with it. And I think if somebody is stuck, really trying to find the right mentor for you. I'm very much a proponent of finding that right coach or mentor for you that really understands you. And you know, yeah. luckily, I've met so many wonderful women who have changed their lives and I've had that impact on them. And that's been a really satisfying and fulfilling thing for me. Yeah, that's so true. Like you have to find the right person. And I think what you're saying too is like the reasons of why we're wanting to look a certain way or why we think we, you know, air quotes should go to the gym or should eat healthy. I know for me, it was always twisted. It was always so that I look like I'm supposed to. And I don't know, it wasn't enough. Like it wasn't enough that I should air quotes eat healthy so I can be skinny and not have cellulite. Like I knew that intellectually, but it just, it wasn't enough to stop, you know, numbing out or not eating or putting myself last. And I know you're a mom, you have two kids as well. So what is the biggest thing that we can do as mothers to put ourselves first when it comes to health and wellness and fitness? Because I think people either just go too hard. I don't have any time. I can't do anything. There's no way that I can do it. And they can't find a solution at all. Or they try to do it, especially like New Year, New Year bullshit. They're like, I'm doing it now. Oh my God, I'm so go, glad you said that. Oh my God, I oh, hate that, right? I it's like, you hate it. Like you should be doing it all year long. I know. Like every day is a new start. Every second is a new year. Absolutely. Every second you're alive is like, happy new year right now. Like you don't have to wait for January. It's ridiculous. So, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I would say to the moms out there that are struggling, that maybe we were taking care of themselves, had babies, and then found themselves like, look, we all know how hard it is to be a new mom. But if you want something, you've got to prioritize your mental and physical health. Otherwise, you're not going to be any good to your significant other if there is one in the picture with you or to your children. The most important thing to me was always to be there for my children. However, I realized, which is one of the reasons I got divorced, was I realized that I wasn't healthy in the marriage. So I focused on being that good role model, that positive role model to my daughters. So I realized, wait a minute, if I stay in this marriage, I'm not going to be that strong role model to my daughters. And in order for me to be healthy, I need to leave this relationship. And we tried and everything like that. I don't want to get into that whole thing, but it's important to focus and make yourself a priority in your mental and physical well-being. Otherwise, you can't be there for the people that need you and the stress that you're going to have in your life because we all have a little bit of stress. It's the way we react to it and handle it. So I would say, even if it's in your own home, even if it's just an app, make time for yourself 20 minutes, five times a week. You can do it. Three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, but 20 minutes, three times a week. You need to make that a priority. And people who don't and use excuses will never get there. That means it's not that important to them. I know people like that. I do it myself sometimes, not with fitness, but with other things. Yeah. So it, it is doable. And maybe you need a coach. Maybe you need somebody to hold you accountable. And accountability is really important. Oh my God, like so much. I remember I was watching this movie. It's a random movie that has nothing to do with like me getting healthy, but it just triggered something for me. And it was called Hustler. And it's Adam Sandler with the basketball. It's not the J-Lo movie. But it's, like, it's so good. Anyway, he's like coaching this kid to play basketball. And he was going to his house every day at 5 a.m. And I think like the masochist and ex-soldier in me was like, I loved how this man was like kicking his ass at 5 a.m someone was there holding them accountable. And as a mother, as a business owner, as someone who's busy like yourself, and many of the women that listen to this podcast, sometimes you don't want to think for yourself. Sometimes you want to be told what to do and when to do it. So that day I was like, I'm finding someone and I Googled and found a trainer and was like, I need to go to someone who's going to kick my ass and I'm going to be held accountable to them. There's going to be an appointment. So it's such right. a good tip that you said, because if if you've tried everything, air quotes, I've done everything. It's like, well, clearly you haven't tried. You haven't. Right? Right. Is that helpful to even say that? It's like, cool. What haven't I tried? And then finding someone who I'm a strong personality, you're a strong personality, someone who's going to overcome the bullshit strong personality. I almost wanted to find like a mean lady that I didn't like. Like, I was like, maybe I need a mean trainer that's just like a biatch to me so that I could just be like, damn, you know, because I'm fiery and I'm, I'm outgoing and I'm confident. And so, you know, I think when you find someone and you get honest with yourself, which is what you're saying is like, get honest with yourself. If you've wanted to do this and you haven't, what's going to be the shift? And maybe it is going to be hiring someone to work with you. And I love that you said you need to find the right person because gosh, there's bad people out there that you can hire. There, There is. And as far as fitness goes, there are a lot of bad trainers out there. And if you're looking for somebody and you're stuck right now, I would just really suggest strongly that you look for somebody who has at least 10 years experience. Do not hire the cute guy who's 23 years old and just graduated from college with some fitness degree because it's not going to work for you. And also, you know, especially the 
the ladies who have children or are in their 30s or 40s, get somebody who understands life experiences. Again, if you choose somebody young, they're not going to understand life experiences. I've always chosen male trainers. I don't know why, probably because I didn't need, you know, a mushy mom type person. And I never, when I researched trainers, I just always, I just was like, shut up. I don't mean to sound mean, but like to the trainer, just, we don't need to chat. Yeah. Just stand there. (laughs) Do it. Tell me what to do and spot me if it's really heavy. Don't let me get hurt because I know my shit, but just, we don't need to have a relationship. I just need you to say, Jody, I'll see you at five. Jody, I'll see you at this time. I'm in, I'm out, goodbye. And that's how I train my clients too. I'm nurturing because as women, we're natural nurturers. I can't help it. I am nurturing, but I'm really tough and I don't take excuses. I don't want to hear bullshit. If somebody tells me, you don't know how many times, Erica, keep a food journal. I don't like to look at my food. Okay, well, let's look at the goals, okay? Because a goal without a plan is just a wish, right? So how are we going to get there? Mm. If your goal is not to lose weight, and I do have clients that I don't want to talk about food, I don't want to talk about weight. Okay, let's get moving. And we just focus on them moving. Then when they feel more comfortable moving, it's like, okay, do you want to take it to the next level? Okay, you need more energy. Let's talk about the food. And then usually they're more open. But I have clients that never want to get on scale and never want to share with their food. Those are the ones, I will be honest with you, that never, ever really progress because they're not willing to start someplace and actually look at themselves. It's like somebody who doesn't want to journal. They don't want to look at their thoughts, right? It's scary. And we know, Erica, we know it's scary. It's scary to be super honest with yourself, but that's why it's so important to find a coach or a mentor who's going to take you through those scary times so you don't have a hard time looking at yourself in the mirror. Yeah, you're not alone because it is. It's like, can we just go ahead and say, and I've said it before, nothing that's worth having is fucking easy. No. Let's just get that tattooed to our head. Like nothing, none of it. Nothing. All fucking hard. Love. Hello, love is so hard and difficult and painful. And it's the most fucking beautiful thing you'll ever experience in your life. And, yes. you know, loving someone means you can lose them. Like there's so much risk having a beautiful business or a job or growing a beautiful family or making art or working on your body and fitness. Like you sweat because it's fucking hard. So none of this shit is easy. And I love that you're saying the real deal because you know, when you do the inner work and this podcast is about like working on yourself and becoming a better version of yourself, we have to unravel all the stuff and no one wants to go there, Jody. And now that I'm like becoming a psychotherapist, I'm like, I'm gonna get psychotherapy on you. And they're like, no, don't talk about my childhood. And I'm like, of course, it's your fucking childhood. Like it always is. Everything is stemming from your beginning, whatever your beginning is. Like, do you see that food and body image gets impacted in childhood with like, depends what family you're raised in, what their relationship with food and good food and bad food and cheat food. And like, do you see that with your clients that whatever they learned about movement, body weight, fitness, health and wellness impacts them now into their 30 and 40 year old lives? Absolutely. If they're honest enough to share it with me. And so my job as a trainer, as a coach was always to dig deep. They were in therapy with me. They knew it eventually, but that's my job is to be their therapist and figure out what motivates them. Why don't they want to keep a food journal? Why don't they want to get on the scale? Why don't they talk about certain things? And why do other ones come in and just talk the whole time, but we never really scratch the surface? It's my job 
to dig really deep to figure out what motivates them. We take baby steps. Yes, you could tell because they'll talk about their family and you could tell what their family life was like or were they the the wonderful child or was it a brother or sister that was the wonderful child and they were in the closet binge eating, you know, and is that what gave them comfort? So I'll share with you, I have two younger sisters and one sister has been morbidly obese most of her life. And my mom's side of the family was all morbidly obese. My dad's family, little Russian Jews. And my mother was the Polish side. They're a little bit bigger. And uh, so my youngest sister and I are built similarly, but my middle sister was built differently. And so she had to work a little bit harder because of her genetic makeup. If I were my sister's parents, I would have done things differently. So my parents sent her away to Weight Watchers camp. They put a lock on the refrigerator, you know, in the basement where we had, my mom would buy Hostess Twinkies and things like that, put a lock on it so my sister couldn't get it. So there were all these things about food that like breaks my heart now, but my parents didn't know any differently. They just didn't know. So you know, our kids are going to be criticizing something we did, but we're doing the best that we can. So I can't blame my parents, but yeah. And so to this day, you know, I think my sister has a very, she doesn't have a great relationship with food and I've tried helping her, but you've got to, the other thing is you can't lead a horse to water. You can't help those who don't want to be helped. And I love my sister to death, but she's good with what she is right now. And a lot of people are that way. You have to know when you can't push them. But if you are brave enough to look at yourself in the mirror and say, hey, listen, this is what I want to work on. And I'm going to be brutally honest with myself. Then you can do it. You can, you can change. You can, like you said, nothing worth going after is easy. It's all hard and it could be heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's crazy too. I remember I did a retreat in Bali and I had a client there. And for whatever reason, mentally, she knew like, I want to lose weight. I'm not healthy at this weight. My ankles hurt, everything. She knew mentally and she knew intellectually. And we all know, I think as women, we all know this, we all feel this. But then there was like that desire to do it just didn't happen. Or like the you give up or you're like, it's too hard or whatever happens, the excuses or a genuine exhaustion of your, you're trying to do it in a negative way, like a toxic way that's not helpful. And like the yo-yo dieting. Um, And I was like, you know what? I have a new idea for you. I'm like, go to the doctor, go to a naturopath and check if you have any gluten or some kind of intolerance. Like go get your blood work done. So I was trying to do like the medical scare because I'm like, oh, that's if, smart. Yeah. you know, because like if the physical and this happened for me and I'll be honest, the physical shit I kept saying I wanted to, but I wasn't fucking doing it. So it's like, well, right. you're saying that, but what are you really doing? And then when I went, it was 2020, my book launch, I was so swollen, Jody. Mind you, that was the pandemic year and I drank a lot of gin and tonic, girl. I was like, <laughs> on the gin and tonic. I was so swollen. I've never seen myself so inflamed. Like it was swollen. It wasn't even like fat or overweight. I was just swollen. And I'm like, wow. And I had some spanks on. It was, it was toxicity. It was inflammation. Exactly. And yeah. It was bad. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I see photos of myself and I'm like, holy crap. And I was wearing Spanx, like Kim Kardashian skims. And I'm like, whoa. And so I went to my naturopath. I got my blood work. I got all this stuff done. And he was like, you have a fatty liver. And now I don't know what a fatty liver is. I've never heard of that before. But he did all the tests and all the exams. And then I started finding out what my liver does and what you're meant to have this to happen with your liver. When your liver's not working, what a fatty liver looks like and what a good liver looks like and what that means for your... And I was like, 
And I just geeked out on the medical side of things. And it was a naturopath. So like, I love more natural medicine. That's my vibe. Right. But I was like, whoa. And he was like, you need to go alkaline. You have too much acid in your body. No more alcohol. Ridiculous like food restriction. It was really difficult. I'm telling you, Jody, in like, I don't know, a month or a month and a half, I lost 12 kilos, maybe two and a half months. 12 kilos. How many pounds is that? Oh God. Six pounds. So it's two point. It's probably, I feel like it's more. I feel like it was like 10 pounds or something like that. Something like that. I was going to try to to Google. I know. I'm like 12 kilos. I feel like it's more. I feel like it's like 20 pounds because our kilos are less than pounds or more. Yeah. Let's Google it. We're going to live Google it. Seriously, while you do that, Michelle, like I, I, it was just food and I just couldn't believe how my liver wasn't working. And so, you know, if anybody listening, 26 pounds, 26 pounds, 26 pounds, wild. That's wow. I think it's 2.5 extra. Okay. Or kilos. Yeah. So I'm your girl deadlifting like a hundred kilos, 220 pounds. It's ridiculous. So I was just like, that was my entry. And I was like, whoa. And I think. It's so interesting if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I know, but I've tried and the diets and the fads and the bullshit and the cellulite and the magazines, like that shit's not going to work. Like shaming Mm -mm. ourselves into a better body. What is better body? Healthier, right? Like, yes, it's sad because the young youth is like, I want to be sexy. I want to be pretty. I want to be beautiful for my men or whoever I'm interested in. And now as you get like 40s, you're kind of like, fuck, I need to be healthy so I don't die and I can hang out with my kids and my perimenopausal self or menopausal shit is sorted. Like, I feel like there's a shift. Do you see a shift from your daughter's age group, which are your daughters or how old are your daughters? So yeah, I was going to tell you something about my daughter. So my little one is 29. So they're 29 and 33. I know. So my little one's going to be 30 March 2nd. So it's like, I had her after two miscarriages. So wow. it's just, um, oh, she's beautiful. very special, very special. But speaking of, you know, when we're talking about childhood and you were talking about seeing a naturopath, my youngest, so my oldest one is teeny, teeny, tiny. To this day, she's 33. She's like 78 pounds. She weighs 515. She's always been teeny, tiny. That is her genetic makeup. Yeah. She's a smaller, yep, yeah, smaller she's frame. She's just a t- tiny human. And my other one is just, normal. Like she's just normal, but she thought she was big because her older sister uh, yeah. was so little. Yeah. So around 11 years old, my youngest said to me, mommy, do I need to lose weight? Broke oh, my heart. That Broke my heart. And I said to her, of course not. And she said, well, what should I do? Because my friends are all skinnier than me. And they were a little skinnier than her. 11. 11. So fifth grade. Oh God, what? Right? So I said to her, here's the deal. This is what we're going to do. And this is what I've always taught my children and what I've always taught and preached to my clients. It's about being healthy. From there, you can go anywhere, but the foundation should always be healthy. So we would come home, I would give her fruits and vegetables. And, you know, and it's very important. You mentioned, so fast forward, her hormones aren't great. She's going to kill me if she hears this. Her hormones are balanced. Your mommy loves you. So (laughs) it's very, very important, ladies. Like, just hear me out right now. If you are doing everything possible, if you are exercising on a regular basis, and I'm not saying hardcore, but you are exercising, you're moving your body, you're doing some strength training, you are eating 80% healthy, meaning you're not a heavy consumer of alcohol. It's low sugar, low fat. 
and lots of lean proteins, you know if you're eating healthy or not consistently. Okay, so let's say 80% and nothing's happening, then please go see a doctor and get your hormones checked. Mm -hmm. Your hormones control everything. They control Mm -hmm. your metabolism. They control everything. And if your hormones are not balanced and you're in your 20s, early 30s, and you eventually want to have children, that's going to follow you to fertility. Mm. You might have fertility issues. So as soon as you feel that nothing is working right, go please get some blood work done and find out, you know, what your hormone levels are. It's Mm. everything. It's everything because now at 62, obviously my hormones have been, you know, even more everything. Yeah. I need more of everything. <laughs> After menopause, you need everything. <laughs> I just, I look at you and I'm like, I can't believe you have a 30-year-old. First of all, it's crazy. So, okay. What I love as well, and this is side note, Gemini vibes. I'm going everywhere here, everybody. Okay. What I love is that when I see you, I think that's how we should look. We should be at 62 fresh and energized and moving. And like my father-in-law's 82. He's got a little gut because he loves his sugar and he does have diabetes. But that man walked like 30 kilos a week. Like he would walk and move and he's 82. He drives. He's like a normal. He looks like he's probably 65 or 70 and he's Sri Lankan. So they just, he ages beautifully. Mm -hmm. And when I thought about 80, I was like 82. Shit. That's like, you're going to be in a wheelchair and wrinkly and like you can barely walk and talk. And he's not. And so I love that you look the way you look because I think that when people like my age or 20 or 30 or 40 year olds, when I was 18, I thought 30 was like 99. I was like, oh my God, you're 30. That's so old. And now I'm like, 60 is probably what I thought 40 was to me in right. my head now. But then I'm like, when you're 60, what do you think? Like, there's such a, I don't know. I feel like it's not normal and it should be normalized. Like, we should feel fucking amazing at 60. We should feel amazing at 40. If we are not numbing out our fucking trauma and not dealing with our shit, if we are not in toxic, nasty ass relationships, if we are not putting fucking processed bullshit into our bodies, like fucking chips right. and, and fries and badass food 24-7. And if we're not Watch drinking, that dairy. Yeah. girl, dairy, like gluten, if we're not drinking our sorrows away every night, a glass of wine, there is a problem, my friend. Like, right. look, look at all of this. Like, we work in jobs right. we hate. We stay in fucked up marriages. We don't move our bodies. We're watching Netflix TV, drive through. And yes, like, there's a lot of toxicity that's offered to us in a very glamorous addictive way. Mm. And if you fall into that trap, it's hard to get, you and I have talked about getting stuck. Once you're stuck in there, it's hard to get unstuck. And I think, you know, what a lot of people, you've mentioned it a few times, what a lot of people get from me is the vibe. So not only do I maybe look a little bit younger, and by the way, my goal is not to try to look younger. It's really just to preserve what I have. And that's, I feel I didn't start living again until I was 42. I really did it. That's when I just, that's when I discovered who Jody was again. That's when I climbed out of the hole that I was in and I looked around like a brand new baby going, Oh, this is the world that I want to start creating. Mm. This is the mom that I want to be. This is the friend I want to be. This is the daughter and so on. Because like you said, I lost all my friends. So I really feel at 62. I'm 42. I feel like I am in my 40s. And luckily, with science and the fact that we talk about like staying out of the sun, eating healthier, exercising more, again, people were not talking about that in the 90s. Mm. And even in the late 80s, they weren't talking about that. They were not, you know, it was the sugar-free craze in the 90s. 
the younger generations have so much more information to be educated and therefore empowered and then therefore inspiring other people to do the same. But we are living longer, thank God. Mm. And how lovely would it be to live longer and be pain free? And that's what I hope I'm representing Mm. is a vibrancy about life and living. I'm in a second marriage and I'm married to a very young spirited man. And it's just a vibe. It's a vibe and it's your vibe. It comes from you internally, but I also think it comes from the confidence and the people you surround yourself with. You know, as a coach, we can't be better than the people. How does it go? You you are what yeah. you attract. Yeah. So the people around you are the people in your circle that lift you up. And so it's important to keep the toxicity out of that circle. And yeah. that goes for your mind and your body. Yeah. It's so funny, isn't it? There's a saying or a quote that's like, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yes. It's like you have toxic relationships, you probably have toxicity in your body or, you know, like the mind-body connection is so strong. And that's why I think, you know, you see people that go to the gym and they're at the gym for probably the wrong reasons and they're pushing and they're avoiding and they're using that to numb out. But yeah. there's other people sitting on the couch doing it with Netflix, TikTok, potato chips and just alcohol. And they're in lives that they don't want to be in. And we're trapped yeah. in these we're trapped in these bodies that we're not living an authentic life. And I know you talk so much about being authentic. It's like, I hope everybody who listens to this goes and follows your journey because you really give hope and inspiration to not about skinny and looking a certain body shape. It's not even that. It's the vitality. That's what it is. It's vitality. It's having a vivaciousness. And if I ever get any compliment, the number one compliment I get is, fuck, you have a lot of energy. And I fucking do. Like, I love my goddamn life. I love my partner. I love what I do. Like I have this crazy energy that all the time like this. And it's because I'm full of joy and happiness. And when I decided to put my movement first, it genuinely, Jody, this year, I was like, it is not last year, actually. I was like, it's not about losing weight anymore because that's not working. It's not about getting skinny, having a flat tummy. That's not working. So what does it need to be about? And I'm like, I have a lot of fucking aggression from 2020. I'm sure everybody, everybody else does too. There's a lot of undealt with emotions and life is busy and stressful for everyone now. Like life is just really, we don't life have a village. Is really busy it's right so now. Why does it have to busy. be so busy? I, I don't know. I know. But also we don't have the village. Like mothers don't have the grandmothers and the aunties. Like we have white picket fences that are blocking our neighbors out with cameras. Like there's this like get away from me avoidance. And then we're alone. We're lonely, but we have fucking fences up. And I'm like, I know that while we have fences up because we don't want people to break into our homes. However, there's this lack of connection. And I think the pandemic really, I've never been busier. You know, I know mental health has taken a hit. So for me, it was like, I got to move my body. I want to feel better. And holy Lord, like, Doing that has led to the physical looking better, has led to Erica has more energy. Like, what the fuck? Like, I have more energy. And, more, and then you have even more confidence than you normally had because I totally. know the whole story. And that's what you give to the women that you coach. I mean, like the better team, yeah. Erica yeah. is, the better the whole machine is. Family yeah. life, the women you coach, your friends, family, everybody yeah. gets to jump into that beautiful aura that you're throwing out to the universe. And that's, if we could all live like that, then I think the world would be a better Mm, place. Girl, I know. I know you've touched on this already before since we've been talking, is that you don't go to the gym to lose weight anymore. You've decided, screw that. I'm going there 
just to feel better mentally and physically. And if you do drop weight, then fine. Right. And that's always been my attitude with anybody I've ever coached, including my daughters. Mm-hmm. It's just go there, but be ladies, just please be consistent. You will never, ever, ever see results for your efforts without consistency. And I will anything. ask you to think about anything that you've done that you've put effort in, effort equals success. And I'm not talking about financial success. I'm talking about success in your life. Anything that you've put effort towards in a consistent way has led you to success. Mm. It's so true. I had somebody say that to me a million years ago and I'm like, hmm, effort equals success. It really does. And if it's not bringing you success, maybe your heart really isn't in that effort. And something to think about. I love that. I love that. It's so true because that's the whole thing is like, there's like that meme. It's so old school, but that meme of that man that's digging under the ground and he's digging for like the gold and he stops. And literally in the cartoon, it's like he stops digging and the gold is right there. Like if you would have just hit it one more time, he would have struck gold. And it's like, you do it and you're like, oh, I'm just going to stop. And it's like, just keep going. And I think your reason for starting can be weight loss and this and that. But the reason for why you keep going, like my reason to keep going is not that. And it's like money. We've made all this money and I don't focus on money. I'm not sitting here going, that client's going to pay me that much and I'm going to make that much money. If I get 17 clients, I'll make this much money. If I focused on money, I wouldn't make it because I wouldn't be focused on service. So the thing is focusing on what you desire. So I want to do a quick like a Q&A with you because... Maybe someone's listening and they're like, yeah, but I've tried it. How do I get started? I don't have a gym. I don't have a gym membership. I don't have the money. How do I do this, Jody? What would you say? Oh, you do it in your home. I mean, there's really no excuse. You can walk out. There's the outside. Put on some sneakers and walk outside. Go outside. Outdoors. Like grab something heavy in your house, like two cans of... Shouldn't have soda in your house, but two cans of vegetables. (laughs) Sparkling water. (laughs) Sparkling water. Yeah. And walk outside. Just walk outside. It's amazing. All of these kids that are home working virtually now, it's kind of a really hard thing for them because they're Mm. not getting out of their apartments. They're Mm. in their apartments. And next thing you know, if you live on the East Coast, it's dark at 4.30, 5 o'clock. And they're like, I don't want to go outside now and take a walk. But I would tell you, that's the first thing. Just go outside and walk for five minutes. Then go outside and walk for 10 minutes. And from there, again, it's what I said at the beginning. Make a promise to yourself. Keep that promise to yourself and build upon it. That works in everything in life, like the meme you were just talking about. Dig a little bit deeper every single day and you're going to reach your goal. I promise you. Yeah. It takes work, you guys. It takes work. None of this... Erica wouldn't be a success if she wasn't working at it every single day. I wouldn't be a success. I wouldn't have had all of this fulfillment in my life if I didn't work hard. And I've been freaking hustling for the last 20 years. Let me tell you something. Yeah. And I don't want to stop because I love helping other people. So that's what I would tell you. If somebody wants to get started and they don't have a gym, just get outside and start walking. Start walking. I love that five minutes. I love that like the next day, 10. And you're right. Like confidence is keeping a promise to yourself. And we talked about on your podcast, like the Spanish definition, which I love is trust. Like confianza is trust. It's self-trust. So it's like, mm-hmm. if you break your own trust, you know, like I said, I'm going to do this. Like I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You know, even if it's yes. three minutes a day, even if it's five minutes a day, even if it's just walking and then walking faster, whatever, like the commitment to that time for yourself. So I love that. I think that is freaking amazing. And do it for 30 days. Do it for yeah. 30 days. 
Yeah. Okay. 30 day challenge, y'all. Go. She's giving it to you. 30 days. Just do it. And I promise you at the end, you're going to say, I want to do something more. Mm -hmm. I might want to try resistance bands. And you can do all those things in your house. The pandemic made it so you can do everything in your home. There is no excuse not to move your body. Yeah, I love it. Okay, the next one, kids. So my daughters, let's say someone's listening and they have their daughters are having body issues, eating disorders. What is something that you could say to a parent or a mother who's listening to support their child? What's the best way that they could do that? If their child is having, you'd say, an unhealthy relationship with food. Yeah. That's a tough one. I would just approach it as feeding their child if they're still on the youngish way, providing only healthy things in the house and not make a big deal about it. Not say, well, we only have healthy things in the house. This is all you can eat. No, don't make a big deal about it. But it's about if questions are asked, it's about we are eating healthy so we can live long, beautiful lives. Mommy and daddy or mom or dad, whoever it is in the house, needs to eat like this so I can be around for a really long time for you. And as they get older and they reach 15, 16, which is a really, really tough age, it's really important to pull it back to healthy. Always just use the word healthy, but don't bombard them with it because then they'll want to run away from it and they'll think it's mm. something bad. You know, mm. it's It's finding that balance. It's very difficult talking to children about you know, eating healthy. But if you are doing it and you're not making a big deal about it and then you don't make a big deal if they do have something unhealthy, then there's that balance then can really work out for them. Yeah, I find that it's like applauding bad behavior, right? You see your child misbehaving and you're not going to make a big deal about that because they might want that negative attention, right? (laughs) Yeah. Right. So, you know, so I would just try to say, this is the healthy life we're eating and you've got to lead by example, mom or dad. That is the thing. I heard you say like, you have to do this. And I think that, you know, a lot of moms ask me like, how can my kids become more confident? And I'm like, are you confident? Do you feel confident? Are you putting yourself out there? Are you standing up and speaking up and doing you? Are you feeling fully fulfilled yourself? And they're like, no, but I want to teach my child. And I'm like, you can't. Like, Kids are going to model who we're being, not what we're saying. They're not going to listen to what we say. So, you know, use it as an opportunity yourself, right? To get yourself like, am I making great food choices? And here's the thing. It's not, I follow these beautiful friends of mine in Canada and they talk about like, they really shifted my mindset around bad food, good food, cheat. She's like, nothing's good or bad. She's like, it's food. And if you call it negative names, then that's going to make a meaning. And it's like, it's just food that you would eat more that has more nutrition. This food doesn't have that much nutrition. This one's going to make you super healthy. That one's not really healthy, but it tastes nice. And it's like shifting that that meaning and the wording so that you're not like, I'm bad if I eat bad food. Therefore, you know, that whole like mindset around it. So my clients like, would come in and say, I was bad this weekend. I go, you're never exactly. bad. Exactly. You're like, never bad. You are yeah. never bad. And there's no good food. There's no good or bad food. There are healthier choices and there are not so healthy choices. Yeah. And we don't use good or bad. And I also changed, I used to use the word cheat meal. Yeah. Yeah. And I shifted it to reward meal. Yeah. 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 Cause like it's the words are so important, isn't it? Cause then we identify with that. So I love that you said that because it does start with us and we have such a beautiful opportunity. If our kids are young, you know, where they're still living with you and still depending on you to pay the bills and cook them food and do all that, where we can get our children involved and play with it. But I know that there are a lot of women that listen that have older kids and 
they're having issues. And I love what you said. You said something that feels harsh, but is true. You can't make anyone do anything. So if you have a 25-year-old who's living, who's in college, doing their thing, and they have an issue, it's like, it's the hardest thing to watch as a parent or as a friend or, you know, a family member. But unfortunately, until someone gets the news that they have a fatty liver or that they're gluten intolerant or that if they don't stop smoking, they're going to die or that XYZ, that big life scare, unfortunately, we wait for that near-death experience, shocking news sometimes. And I think when we realize that this is the only body you get, like this is the thing that keeps you alive and sustains you, we as women can shift away from, I need to be sexy so that other people look at me like I'm eye candy and I'm beautiful. And we shift into, this is my vessel. How am I looking after this vessel? Like, fuck, I think that shift, and it doesn't come in the early years, unfortunately, because your wisdom, your wisdom's not there. (laughs) Well, that's why it's so important to start at a young age. And that's why I try to talk about this as much as I can on social media, that it is, you need to start at an early age. It's never too late to start in your 50s or 60s. It's never too late, but you're playing the catch-up game. Sort of like when I was growing up, we didn't use sunblock. So I have sun damage. So can I reverse that sun damage? Yeah, it's you laser treatments, this and that. But I really cannot, if I get skin cancer, it's not because I was in the sun in my 50s. It was because of the sun damage I had in my 20s and 30s or even earlier. So there's nothing that I can do. So what I want women to understand is that the younger you start anything, being healthy, as you mentioned, this is the only vessel we're ever living in. So treat it like it is the most precious thing in the world and then take that throughout your life. And that leads to being more confident, feeling sexier for yourself. But being that strong female role model to your children, to your friends, to whomever you need to be there for, it just keeps getting better and you're not playing the catch-up game. It's not catch-up, catch-up, catch-up. And I'm happy to say that I'm not trying to catch up. As I also mentioned, I can't do anything about the sun damage, right? I can't. All I can do is be proactive going forward. And yeah, if you start at an early age, it becomes a habit. Yeah, exactly. And not something you have to do. It just becomes a lifestyle. I always say mm-hmm. fitness is a lifestyle, healthy, mm-hmm. being healthy. And it's not just about the working out. That's just 10% of it. Yeah, 80% of the way we feel in our body has to do with the way we feed ourselves. Yeah, and, I, and again, it's a tough subject to talk about because some people don't want to talk about it. But when they're yeah. ready, I'm always there for them. Yeah, it's a big one because it, what we put into our bodies matter. I mean, it's like I used to say, like you get a Mercedes Benz, you don't get the oil changed at Walmart. Like you just don't because the Walmart oil is not going to be good for that machine. Like it's right. a different it's like quality. Putting to, shitty gas in your Mercedes, you know? right? Exactly. Yes. Like, and you are this more than a Mercedes. You are just like the most incredible thing. And it's like filling yourself, not only food, my friend, but food, what you consume online, what you're listening to what you're watching, who you're hanging out with, who you're allowing into your space, like all of it is sacred. And I think that for me, all of the stuff you do has ties exactly to self-worth, self-confidence, inner work. Like it is a mirror when I look at what you do to what what I do. Like the day you fucking realize that you are worthy and that you are good as you are and that you are enough and that there's nothing wrong with you, that's the day that everything changes. You start not accepting bullshit. You start changing relationships. You start quitting the job you hate. 
You start going, fuck that. I am moving my body. I'm not eating that shit because it makes me gassy and I know it's not good for me. You know, I'm not hanging out with that girl anymore. Like you really boundaries. Yeah, you set boundaries. Even at my old age here, Erica, I have learned in the last couple of years to remove toxic people from my life. Mm. I've had to because I feel the toxicity from them, that they're not rooting for me, that they're talking about me behind my back, that they're shaming me, they're judging me. And I still get that. And I'm sure you do too. And I just slowly had to walk away or remove myself for a while until I could wrap my head around it, not be angry, not be passive aggressive, but say, no, this relationship, like food or anything else, is no longer serving me. It is no longer serving me to make me the best human being I can be for myself first and then for the others that I want to serve. I love that. And you know what? That's a beautiful check-in for anyone listening to this. When you eat that, how do you feel afterwards? When you hang out with them, how do you feel afterwards? How do you feel? I think that that is such a beautiful Mm -hmm. check, you know, just a little tune in to your temperature check oh, I feel terrible after I ate that or that made me feel amazing or that made me feel fantastic or that made me feel like shit because let's follow that feeling because that is everything, Jody. You are freaking amazing. Okay, so someone's listening going, could I just add one more thing? Yes, oh my God. Okay, so when you were just saying that something just also, I know we talked about friendships and so on. Yes. When you get together with that friend and you get in your car and drive away or hang up the phone and you go, ugh, I don't feel good, then that's a sign that that relationship isn't working for you anymore. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Or Just like... Throw that in there again. Yeah, like I gave my husband some cheese the other day and like, he cannot have cheese. I knew about it. I was like, honey, cheese is not your friend. He was like, you are right. And I'm like, what? The first time my husband Jody was like, I can't have cheese. And I'm like, I've been smelling you my whole life that I've been with you, that cheese is not your friend. So <laughs> if you feel like shit or you don't smell good or you feel terrible... Just take it as a sign. And I think we have to yes. become aware. We have to become aware of how we feel. Yeah. And if we've been numbing that, it's going to be harder for you. But try to tune into it from this podcast. Not only your food, but who you hang out with, all of the things. You are amazing. And I just want to acknowledge you're you. You're amazing. For, you're just the bomb. Like, thank you for your energy. Thank you for doing the work you do in the world. You have so much to give and so much knowledge. Like, you don't find people like you everywhere. Someone with over 30 years experience, someone with your story, your care, you could go, I'm done. I've done this for a long time. I don't give a fuck anymore about this or I'm going to go retire and you haven't. So I really acknowledge you and thank you because there's so much wisdom in you that I think if more women knew about, we could share it and we could really start to shift and change. And all of us could be 62 years old with full vitality, looking amazing, feeling great and inspiring our children and future generations. So if someone's fallen in love with you, how can they work with you or where can we find you? I know you have a podcast. Tell us all the things, please. Okay, so you can find me on social media at Jody Harrison Bauer. That's Jody with an I, Harrison Bauer, B-A-U-E-R, on all social platforms, including YouTube. And my show is called Fearlessly Authentic, where we talk to guests about overcoming obstacles like fear and now are living in their most fearlessly authentic life. So you can DM me. That's the best place. DM me on Instagram and I would love to talk to you and talk about working with you because it's it's what I do. It's yeah. my legacy to my children. Yeah, you are the best. We're going to link everything in the show notes. 
I love you, you, women. You're amazing. I love you too. Thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to meet you in real life one day. Okay? I know. When you come yes, to the States, you you have to come to the States. We're hanging. And we meet. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Erica. Thank you, Jody. You're the best. Thank you so much for listening. I freaking love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for your ears and your energy and your attention. Thank you for letting me into your world. And thank you so much for listening and tuning in to this podcast. There are so many podcasts you can listen to. And I deeply, deeply, for real, for real, appreciate you listening to mine. Do me one big favor. One big thing. Please share this episode or this podcast with a woman who you know needs to hear this. This is my mission on planet Earth to serve as many women as possible so that we could show up, stand up, speak up, and create the confidence and the life that we desire. I appreciate you, my love. I will see you on the next episode. 